Chapter 11 How a Sinner May Get Right with God Centuries ago, Job asked the question, How can a mortal be righteous before God? Job chapter 9 verse 2 In all ages, the moral sense of mankind has been raising the same question. Many answers have been given. 1. The heathen answered it this way, Make an offering to the God sufficient to compensate for the wrong done. So they brought presents of fruit and flowers, gold and silver, and sometimes they even offered their own children as a sacrifice to the gods. They were always looking for some way of pleasing God without right living. The heathen method is still a favorite one, even in Christian lands. Many a man serves the devil all his life and then builds a library or endows a hospital to atone for his sins. 2. Others say a sinner can get right with God by keeping the commandments. Three things are to be said about this method. A. Keeping the law does not atone for past sins. If one were to obey God's law perfectly from this time on, that would not atone for the sins of the past. B. The law was never designed to save men from sin, but only to show them they are sinners. When Mr. Moody's boys were quite young, he said to one of them, I am going down to the field, and when I return, if you will have unclean clothes, and if your face is clean, I will take you out for a ride. The little fellow ran to his mother at once and had his face washed and his clothes changed. Before his father returned, however, his face and clothes were soiled again. When his father arrived, the boy claimed the promised ride, but he said, Ah, my boy, I promised you a ride on condition that your face and clothes were clean, but they are not. Oh, yes, said the boy. They must be clean, for Mama put on fresh clothes and scrubbed my face with soap and water. As the boy insisted, the father took him in his arms and, carrying him into the house, held him up before the mirror and let him look at himself. He used the mirror to show the boy that his face was not clean, but he did not use the mirror to wash his face, did he? No, he used water for that. The Decalogue is God's mirror to show man that he is a sinner, but it cannot save him from sin. It requires grace to do that. C. No one ever kept the law of God perfectly except the Lord Jesus Christ, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3 verse 23. This method of getting right with God is an utter failure. 3. Paul's answer to the question is this. Justification through faith in Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, since by the works of the law no flesh will be justified. Galatians chapter 2 verse 16. Since man has broken away from God by sin, it is evident that if any reconciliation is made, the overture must come from God, since man has nothing to offer. When God told Abraham to take his only son Isaac and offer him as a sacrifice on Mount Moriah, the aged patriarch obeyed instantly. He even arose early in the morning and set out on his sad journey. When they reached the appointed place, Isaac said to his father, The fire and wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Genesis chapter 22, verses 7-8 through 8. And God did. So in all ages, the moral sense of mankind has been searching the universe for some adequate atonement for sin. The best they could find did not satisfy their own sense of justice. 
The position of the heathen world without the Bible is this. Lord, this is the best we can find. We know it is not suitable or sufficient, but what can we do? Behold the wood and the fire, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Revelation answers, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, and he has even the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But he was pierced through for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. All of us like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Isaiah chapter 53 verses 5 through 6. This then is the scripture method of getting right with God justification through faith in Jesus Christ. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 19. Notice also that Christ's death and not his life is the ground of our reconciliation. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Romans chapter 5 verse 9. Our Unitarian acquaintances are fond of talking about the beautiful life of Jesus. However, the life of Jesus alone is a discouragement to the sinner because he has no power to reproduce that life were it not for his death. Jesus Christ might have gone about saying beautiful things and doing good until this day, but had he not made atonement for us by his death, we should still be burdened with the guilt of sin. Not in the manger, on the mount, nor in the garden was our atonement made, but on the cross. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. 1 Peter 2, verse 24. Three things are to be remembered. By the death of Christ, we are delivered from the guilt of sin. By the life of Christ in us, we are delivered from the power of sin. By the coming of Christ, we shall be delivered from the presence of sin. What is justification? The word justify means to reckon or declare righteous. Forgiveness is a negative term, meaning to put away or remit. Justification is a positive act and means not simply forgiving the sinner or letting him off from the punishment he deserves, but declaring him righteous. Romans chapter 4 verse 5. How can God reckon one righteous who is not righteous? This is a fair question, and we must face it. Suppose a merchant in a small town has fallen into debt. He is not a good buyer, he is not accurate in his accounts, and he is shiftless. Suppose a rich uncle who has made a fortune in the same business and has retired should visit him. After a few days he says to his nephew, John, I hear bad reports about you. People say that you are sadly in debt and that your credit is poor. I have had a good year and believe I can help you. If you will add up all your debts, I will give you a check for the whole amount. John accepts his offer and pays off his creditors. As they leave his store, they say to one another, We are fortunate to get our money this time, but we will not trust him again. He is the same shiftless John and will soon be as badly in debt as ever. Now what has his uncle accomplished for John? He has paid his debts, but he has not restored his credit. Suppose on the other hand that the uncle had said, John, I have been out of business a few years and I find that I am getting rusty. I like this town and have about decided to partner with you. John is delighted, of course. The uncle says, I will put in my capital and experience, but I shall insist upon being the business manager. 
You can be the silent partner and work under my direction. And John, I think you had better take down that sign over the door, for your name does not command the highest respect in this town. Suppose you put up my name instead, with and co. I think it will look better, and you can be the company. John gladly complies with the conditions, and the business opens under new management. John goes out to buy goods, and what does he find? Instead of refusing to trust him, every merchant in town is glad to give him credit because his rich uncle has become identified with the business. In the one case, the uncle paid his debts but did not restore his credit. In the other, he restored his credit by going into partnership with him. God's law says that the soul which sins shall die. When Jesus took our place on the cross and died for our sins, he paid our debt. However, he did not restore our credit or make us righteous. Had there been no resurrection of Jesus, we could not have been justified, although it is conceivable that we might have been forgiven. When Jesus rose from the dead and identified himself with us by faith, coming into our hearts and taking possession of our lives, he not only paid our debts, but restored our credit. He made it possible for God to declare us righteous since we have gone into partnership with a righteous Savior who has not only kept the law perfectly himself, but who can help us keep it. He is the managing partner, and we simply obey his orders. We have even taken down the old sign, and now we bear his name, Christian. Martin Luther said, If anyone knocks at the door of my heart and inquires if Martin Luther lives here, I should reply, Martin Luther is dead, and Jesus Christ lives here. Paul had the same idea, for he said, It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 3. When a woman marries, she loses her name and identity, but she takes her husband's name and shares his rank. If he is a duke, she becomes a duchess. If he is a prince, she becomes a princess. Even so, the believer who surrenders his life to the Lord Jesus loses his identity and sins, but shares his name, character, and rank with him. God calls him Christian because he is the bride of Christ, his only begotten Son. God can justly declare him righteous because he is forever united to one who is righteous and who is able to make him like himself. If Jesus lived a holy life in one body, he can surely do it in another if that body is yielded to his control. God then can properly and justly reckon the believer righteous because of his union with the righteous Savior who has atoned for his past sins by his death on the cross. He can guarantee his present and future conduct because that life has been committed to his keeping. He is able also to save forever. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. And able to keep you from stumbling. Jude verse 24. If he guarantees to present us before the presence of God's glory absolutely faultless, surely God can safely reckon us as righteous. The ground of our justification, then, is not what we are, but whose we are, not our own good works or our desire to be righteous, but our union with the Lord Jesus, who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. Romans chapter 4 verse 25.